this morning. Goodbye, Mother. Don't worry. You know it isn't as if I hadn't traveled before. The woman gave a short sardonic laugh and said in an explanatory way to Mr. Cobb, She's been to Wareham and stayed overnight. That isn't much to be journey proud on. It was traveling, Mother, said the child eagerly and willfully. It was leaving the farm and putting up lunch in a basket and a little riding and a little steam cars, and we carried our nightgowns. Don't tell the whole village about it if we did, said the mother, interrupting the reminiscences of this experienced voyager. Haven't I told you before, she whispered, in a last attempt at discipline, that you shouldn't talk about nightgowns and stockings and things like that in a loud tone of voice, and especially when there's men folks round. I know, Mother, I know, and I won't. All I want to say is, here Mr. Cobb gave a cluck, slapped the reins, and the horses started sedately on their daily task. All I want to say is that it is a journey when... The stage was really underway now, and Rebecca had to put her head out of the window over the door in order to finish her sentence. It is a journey when you carry a nightgown. The objectionable word uttered in a high treble, floated back to the offended ears of Mrs. Randall, who watched the stage out of sight, gathered up her packages from the bench at the store door, and stepped into the wagon that had been standing at the hitching post. As she turned the horse's head towards home, she rose to her feet for a moment, and shading her eyes with her hand, looked at a cloud of dust in the dim distance. Randy'll have her hands full, I guess, she said to herself. But I shouldn't wonder if it would be the making of Rebecca. All this had been half an hour ago, and the sun, the heat, the dust, the contemplation of errands to be done in the great metropolis of Milltown had lulled Mr. Cobb's never-active mind into complete oblivion as to his promise of keeping an eye on Rebecca. Suddenly he heard a small voice above the rattle and rumble of the wheels and the creaking of the harness. At first he thought it was a cricket, a tree toad, or a bird, but having determined the direction from which it came, he turned his head over his shoulder and saw a small shape hanging as far out of the window as safety would allow. A long black braid of hair swung with the motion of the coach. The child held her hat in one hand, and with the other made ineffectual attempts to stab the driver with her microscopic sunshade. "'Please let me speak!' she called. Mr. Cobb drew up the horses obediently. "'Does it cost any more to ride up there with you?' she asked. "'It's so slippery and shiny down here, "'and the stage is so much too big for me "'that I rattle round in it till I'm most black and blue. "'And the windows are so small I can only see pieces of things, "'and I've most broken my neck stretching round "'to find out whether my trunk has fallen off the back. "'It's my mother's trunk, and she's very choice of it.' Mr. Cobb waited until this flow of conversation, or more properly speaking, this flood of criticism, had ceased, 
and then said jocularly, You can come up if you want to. There ain't no extra charge to sit side of me. Whereupon he helped her out, boosted her up to the front seat, and resumed his own place. Rebecca sat down carefully, smoothing her dress under her with painstaking precision, and putting her sunshade under its extended folds between the driver and herself. This done, she pushed back her hat, pulled up her darned white cotton gloves, and said delightedly, Oh, this is better. This is like traveling. I'm a real passenger now, and down there I felt like our setting hen when we shut her up in a coop. I hope we have a long, long ways to go. Oh, we've only just started on it, Mr. Cobb responded genially. It's more than two hours. Only two hours, she sighed.